Hey there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. All right, everybody. We're good, we're good, we're good. Uh, it is fantastic to be here, and um, yeah, as Pete as Peter said, we we uh, we go back a considerably longer way than we would like to admit now, because it means we're old. Um, but uh, yeah, it is amazing to be here, and uh, my wife Sarah would have been here um, as well, but our children are slightly poorly, so uh, we uh, <laughs> they're cooped up at home, shall we say? We'll leave it at that, and. Um, but it is brilliant to be here, and uh, it's been seven years in April. Is that correct? Just gone. April just gone, yeah, seven years. Um, I believe it was the 19th of April. Is that correct? It was the 19th of April. I, rem- I remember it well. I wept a lot. And, uh, and we, we stood at, um, at the, the, on the stage of, um, of what was Calvary Church at that point, and uh, a whole host of people um, from, from our church and came and we released them with our blessing and all the jokes I'm about to make. I want to put that caveat in there fully with our blessing um, as they came and started Springs Church. And, and it had been a journey because I've known, I've known Pete and Rach and some of the guys for so long. It's been a journey that I've been very aware of, of the, the heart that God has given uh, our friends and your leaders here um, for this place and these people and the, the Gornals. And, uh, and so we, we released them seven years ago and... Um, and, and we were joking that it's been seven years before he's actually asked me to come and preach at Springs Church. One of the reasons is because it's taken me seven years to get over the fact that they actually left in the first place. And uh, the Lord deals with us at different times, on different points in our journey, doesn't he? I'm joking, I'm joking. But I want to I uh, get straight into this. And uh, I want to read to you from, um, from Psalms 84 and... Um, do I need to tell you anything else for those that don't know who I am? I've got three children. Um, Eden's the eldest, Zara's the middle child, and, uh, and then we've got Jude, who's just gone one. And uh, they are wonderful. They're all very, very different, and uh, we're very, very blessed. And we've been leading Arise for the last six years. Um, so it's been a crazy journey. Obviously, for all of us over the last couple of years, it's been even more crazy. And, uh, but we're praising God for what he's doing, and uh, I'm very, very thankful um, very, very thankful to be here, actually, because this is, you know, you get some preachers, don't you, that come and it's kind of like they just drop in and then they clear off again, never to be seen again. But like this feels like home. And uh, obviously, I know many faces that are sitting here tonight and it's just wonderful. So anyway, let's get into this. Psalms 84. I'm going to read from the, the NIV Bible and uh, I'm going to read this and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story that will help, hopefully, um, kind of unpack a little bit of what I want to talk about tonight. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 84, uh, Psalm 84. It's going to come up on screen, I believe. So it says this from verses 1 to 12. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. 
As they pass through the valley of Bacar, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Why don't you turn to someone and say, strength to strength. Till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. You'll know this if you've been around church a little while. You may have heard this verse. It says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Can someone say amen? What a beautiful passage of scripture. Why don't we pray? Lord, we thank you for this moment. Jesus, we ask very, very simply that we would leave this place different from how we walked in. Lord, we would know you more. We would know you deeper, but also, Lord, that we would know ourselves a little bit more as well. The you that you created, that you saw before the beginning of time. We want to be that person. So Holy Spirit, move amongst us. Open our ears, open our hearts for what you want to say to us in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, when I was at school, um, I don't know whether this was, I don't know whether anyone remembers uh, this called, uh, I, an event called the Interschools Competition. Can anyone remember the inter-school stuff in athletics? And I, um, when I was back in school, I was, I was relatively fast. I was a fast runner. Not long distance. I wasn't a long distance runner. I was just the, uh, just give me 100 meters and that was fine. But I was quite quick. Anyway, so I, I at my school, at King Swinford School, I was, uh, I was one of the quickest in, in, the, in the year. And, and so what would normally happen is the, 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 the ones that finished kind of top of the pile would then get drafted in to represent the school at the inter-schools competition later on in the year. So I got chosen. Somehow, I'm not sure why, because I, I wasn't top at sprinting, but I, I, was, you know, I was there or thereabouts. So somehow I got chosen. I don't know whether the other ones were on holiday or something. Who knows? But anyway, I ended up representing Kingston for School at the inter-schools competition. And I, um, I turn up. In my in my white in my white T-shirt and my black Umbro PE shorts. Come on, someone, come on. And and so I turn up in my trainers. Can't remember what trainers they were, but they were trainers, and that, that is important. We'll go for high tech. We're, they were, that's an important fact. Um, turn up in trainers, and so I get to the change rooms at the Dell Stadium in Brawley Hill, and I'm there, and I walk into the changing rooms, and there around me are. People that literally made me feel like I was a five-year-old boy. There were, there were 16-year-old or 15-year-old guys who looked like grown men. Dressed in their kind of their athletic vest. You know, you know the ones that run for clubs. Are you getting the picture here? So I'm there. I'm in the change rooms. They've got their athletic running shorts on. You know, the ones that are way too inappropriate. Those... And the key thing here, guys, is they had their running spikes with them. So, I mean, I, I've got to be honest. I was looking, thinking, why are, they, why are they wearing shoes with, like, daggers on the bottom? And this is surely not, this is a health and safety risk. So, anyway, they're, they're there, and I'm putting my, I'm, I'm ready, because I turned up in my PE kicks. That's what you're doing, it. And, and they're there. They're getting all ready. They're getting dressed up in their lycra, and they're like, you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but... 
And, and they put their running spikes on. Anyway, out we trot to the, the starting line, and they're, they're announcing where we're from and whatever. And the other additional part to this is, is the fact that the weather was not like it is today. And so we're there on the starting line of the Dell Stadium, and, and you, you then, I can't do it here because you won't see me if I disappear down. So, but they had, obviously, the starting blocks. Anyone else had no experience of running with starting blocks? Yeah, me neither. So, so we're all there, and I'm next to these other seven men, men boys, that are like just massively intimidating. So we're there, we're all in the starting positions. I haven't got a clue what to do. Nobody has told me, no one has prepared me. No one has given me a pep talk. I'm literally just copying what the other guys along the line are doing. So, okay then, well that's what they're doing. So there I am, I'm ready in a starting position. On your marks, get set, and the gun goes off. What, I mean, let's just throw a guess. Can anyone have a, you know, any idea what may have happened in that moment? I slipped over, didn't I? Yes. So the starting line, I'm out, I'm out of the blocks. I think I made a pretty good start, you know, explosive pace and all that kind of stuff. Apart from the fact that I didn't have, um, I didn't have spikes on and the track was wet. So there I am. I, the other men are running and they're pulling away from me as I'm kind of sprawled out on the deck track. And, and I get up and I think to myself, and I had a moment where I, I spoke to myself, and obviously this is all happening in very, very quick time. And I spoke to myself, and I said, Aston, you are not finishing last. So I got up off the floor, and I ran as fast as my little boy legs would take me. And I finished seventh. Come on. Out of eight. Out of eight. So I didn't, I didn't finish last. I, I don't know about you, but um, the start to 2022 was a bit of a funny one for us as a family. So over Christmas, we'd planned... In between the, the week of Christmas into New Year, we'd planned, we took time off work, we'd kind of planned a few activities that we were going to do. It had been a hard run up to Christmas with all the events and stuff that happens in church life. And so I'm like, right, come on, we're going to have time out. We're just going to turn the phones off, put everything away. We're going to have a really, really good week. We're going to rest. We're going to refresh, ready to go into 2022. And then on the 27th of December, it was also my 40th birthday, on the 24th of December. So I was ready to have a party. I know, unbelievable. And uh, so I was ready to have a party and celebrate. It was going to be a great time. And on the 27th of December, one of my children, who will remain nameless, got COVID. And for the next 13 days, because obviously at that point you still had to quarantine for five days minute or seven days minimum um, at that point. So for the next 13 days, we were all stuck in the house as one of us day after day caught COVID and had to wait until we because obviously we couldn't let our five-year-old daughter go out, even though she was out of, out of quarantine. Go on, have a good day. And um, so for the over the, into the new year, so our new year started on the 9th of January. And, and I don't know about you, but going back to the little story of the inter-schools competition, sometimes we can, we can feel like we can have all the plans, can't we? We can have all the motivation, all the sense of excitement and anticipation, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, especially kind of in that sense when you're coming into a new year or maybe you're coming into a, a new season. We've used that word already tonight, haven't we? And you you're full of excitement, you're full of anticipation, you're full of expectation of what God is going to do. And it almost feels like as the starting gun goes off, 
something just comes in and it feels like you're just slipping and you can't quite get your feet. Anyone else feel like that? Whether, you know, whatever situation that might be, there's just stuff in life, isn't there, sometimes where you feel like, come on, we're going to do this thing and something comes in and just takes your legs from underneath you. And that's how we felt at the start of 2022. We were ready for the year. We'd got plans for what we felt God wanted to do. And we were raring to go. We were going to have a week of rest. And all of a sudden, COVID hit. And the whole year started in an absolute state. And it was really frustrating. And I, I, I read this verse, this psalm, these verses from the psalms. And and I look at it, and that verse, that, that statement that I got you to read out from verse 7, it says, they go from strength to strength. And, and I know I've been, around, I've been around the church thing a while now. I've been around uh, faith, and I've been following Jesus since I was nine years old. And so I've been doing this faith thing for quite a while. And, and I know more than ever now, and especially being a pastor, that, that, that we are never, ever done on this faith thing. We, we've never come to a point where we have made it. There's always, there's always something new that God has for us. There's always something new that God wants to do in us. And there's always something new that God wants to do through us as well. And, and so it's always, we talk about it being a journey because that's exactly what it is. It's a journey that God wants to continually take us on. And it's a journey that, that we are never, ever complete and we never, ever complete or finish. And, and sometimes we can... We can miss that, can't we? We can feel like, yeah, but God, I want to be, I want to be there and I'm not quite there yet. I want, to, I want to have done that thing and I've not quite done it. God, I feel like you've said this to me and I've not quite completed it. I've not quite finished it. I want to, I want to go from strength to strength. In the New Testament, it talks about we're being transformed from glory to glory. And, and there's this sense of movement, isn't that, in this faith journey. But what happens when, when we... When we're on that journey and something comes in and just kind of just takes our legs from underneath us. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't feel like I'm going from strength to strength. Anyone else? Like, I just feel like I'm kind of on my knees a little bit and I'm just making it through. But here, the psalmist writes that the heart of God is that his people would go from strength to strength. And so I've got four really quick things that I want to I want to pull out from this passage that I think will hopefully help us understand what strength to strength looks like. What 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 can we pull out from here? What's God saying to us through his word that can help us get on this journey again? Maybe for some of you you feel like you've completely fallen off the tracks of this journey. Maybe for some of you you feel like you're stalling a bit. For some of you you're running and it's all good. Well, hopefully there's something here that's going to bless everybody. And uh, so the first thing is this. The first thing is this. I want to encourage us to keep the main thing the main thing. The, the, the context of this psalm is that the psalmist, who's King David, you may know him from the story of David and Goliath. Well, a little bit later on in his life, he writes this psalm. And, and the psalmist, he's, he's at this point when he writes this, he has actually been kind of uh, restrained from public worship. He, he's not able to go into the temple because he's actually had to, he's actually had to escape the holy city of Jerusalem, because his son has basically kind of, you know, a rebellion has rose up against the king, against David, caused by his son, which is pretty harsh. And so David has literally had to flee from the city. And so he is literally lamenting the fact that he was not able to be in the city. He wasn't able to be in the temple. 
and that most importantly, he wasn't able to worship. And isn't it interesting? It's when things are taken away from us, isn't it, that we realize the value and the power of something. Isn't that right? We only have to look over the last couple of years and we realize, don't we, man, like as soon as connection and that face-to-faceness was taken away from us, we realize how powerful and important connection is, don't we? We, we, we realize how important relationships are when all of a sudden we can't see people for three months. And, and, and so David here, he's literally, he's heartbroken at the fact that he's not able to be in a place of worship. And I just want to encourage us to this moment, it's a hot Sunday. There's a barbecue probably calling out to you saying, cook some meat on me, please. <laughs> I want to encourage you, you've made a great decision this afternoon. Because we should never, ever, ever miss the opportunity to gather together. Now, is is our faith in Jesus an individual faith? Of course it is. Should we be dependent on on kind of other people's faith to get us through? Of course not. But, But there is something powerful in this moment when we gather together and all of those individual faiths in Jesus come together under one roof and we sing brilliant new songs that have been written by a cracking team, and we get to celebrate the goodness of God together. There is something so, so valuable about that, church. And I want to encourage you, do not neglect, do not neglect this moment of meeting together. There's so many other options, isn't there? On a beautiful sunny, sunny Sunday afternoon, there are so many other options vying for our time. I I want to applaud you for making a cracking decision tonight to be in the house of God where two or three are gathered in his name. He promises to be in the middle. Jesus promises to be in the middle of us. And and I really believe that the gathering of the people of God is crucial for the growth of the people of God. This is a God idea. This isn't our idea. This This is God's idea. Church, the people of God gathered together is his idea. And, and David is so, he's so gutted that he can't be in the house of God that he even starts having a go at sparrows and swallows. He says this, even the sparrow, even the flipping sparrows have found a home. And I'm outside of the city. I'm not even able to be in the presence of God. I'm not even able to worship. I'm not able to be in the temple. And even the sparrow, even a swallow has made a nest for herself where she may have her young. And I cannot even be there. A place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. And it says this, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. He's moaning about the birds. He's really fed up that even birds get the chance to be where he wants to be but cannot be. And, uh, but he, he, he doesn't think that this is a bad thing, does he? He says, blessed are those. So blessed are those who get to dwell in your house. There's nothing more that he wanted for himself or, or his people or the people of God but to be in but why? why? Why is David so kind of gutted? Why is he so gutted that he can't be in the temple, in the city of God? He says this, a couple of the verses that I'm going to read out now, just snippets from these verses. He says, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. 
better is one day in your courts. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. Church, it wasn't the building that David was missing. It was the presence of the one in the building that David was so passionate about, that was so desperate to be back in that place, not because, of the, not because of the physicality of the room or the place, but because that is where he got to meet with the presence of Almighty God. Now, we are so, so blessed, aren't we, that, that kind of we now live in kind of the, the bit after Jesus died and was resurrected and went and ascended back to, to be with God. We are blessed to be in this moment because now we don't have to go to a building to access the presence of God. The presence of God now lives in each and every one of us. So can you imagine how, if David was moaning at the sparrows and the swallows, can you imagine what he must have thought when, hold on, there's going to be, hold on, Jesus is going to come and he's going to die and he's going to, he's going to rise again. He's going to ascend to heaven. And then any follower of his is going to have the presence of God that I can't even get access to at the moment. He's going to live in, inside of them. Can you imagine what he must have thought if he thought that about the swallows and the sparrows? Can you imagine what he must have thought about us? And yet there's so often where we go, oh, do you know what? I can't be bothered. Oh, no, I ain't going to pray today. I ain't, I ain't going no, to go to small group. I ain't going to go to church. Look at the weather. Could get another couple of hours of tanning time in this afternoon. Church, we've got to make sure that we keep the main thing the main thing. If we want to go from strength to strength, we need to understand the power that happens in this moment. David was so gutted, not because of the building, but because of the presence of the one in the building. So let's keep the main thing the main thing. The second thing is this. We need to make praise a priority. We need to make praise a priority. Verse 4 out of that passage that I read said, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Now, I don't know about you. I, as I said, I've, I've grown up in church. I, I was, my mom and dad weren't kind of, they weren't followers of Jesus when I was, when I was born, but we lived opposite um, people that were starting the church that is now called Arise Church, Pastors Paul and Gal Chime, and we lived opposite them. And so we didn't go to church, but obviously my mom and dad wanted a spare hour on a Sunday morning. So when they, when they started uh, Calvary Church, as it was known then, and the Sunday school, my mom and dad thought, well, that's, this is an opportunity, a bit of free childcare. So booted I was into Sunday school. And uh, so I've grown up, uh, most of my years have been in and around church, and I've been in, I've been in a lot of Sunday services. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. And I, um, can I be honest? Is that all right, Springs Church? Can I be honest? I, we, when you read the Bible and you understand that kind of in eternity, like praise is constant, like it's like forever and forever. I, I used to sit in some Sunday services, can I be honest? And I used to think, if this is what we're going to be doing forever, I am not sure I'm buying into this. Because sometimes we, can, we, we try our best, don't we? You are so blessed. Please do not be flippant with the amount of gifting and talent that you are partaking in, in when you worship together and when the band leads you. You are so blessed as a church to have some cracking musicians that not only are good musicians, but love Jesus and worship through their music. Um, but sometimes it's an absolute horror show in it, let's be honest. Can we, 
And, and I used to sit there thinking, I'm going to be do, am I going to be doing that forever? And David here, he's like, no, no, no. Blessed are those who dwell in you. They are ever praising you. You'd see there's something, this that we do on a Sunday when we gather together, or maybe you sing together in your small groups, or whatever it might be, and you have a bit of worship time. This is just a, a, a grain of sand on the beach of what worship and praise in heaven is truly going to look like. Like we are trying our very, very best on a Sunday to give some sort of glimpse of what praise forever and ever really, really looks like. But David got a, he got a heart and he got a revelation of what praise was because praise should be our priority. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. When you when you spend a little bit of time and you think about the goodness of God, when you, when you realize what God has done for you when, you, when you recognize that Jesus literally pulled you from a place of darkness and moved you into a place of light, you can't help but allow praise to overflow in your spirit. They are ever, ever praising you and they are not feeling like Andy did when he was younger and feeling a bit like, is this what we're going to be doing forever? No, no, no. Blessed are those who are praising you. Because there's something about this kind of praise that you want to be part of. There's something about this kind of praise where you think, man, I don't want to be anywhere else but in a place of praise. We need to make praise a priority. Very, very quickly, I, I want to just encourage you, Springs Church. You are uh, clearly, from this moment that we've just had, you are, you are a people who understand the power of corporate praise and worship, which is beautiful. But I just want to encourage you with something. Very quick, few things. Praise is not a preference. Praise is not a preference. It, it is something that almost has to happen. God is so good. He's not egocentric and he's not needy, but he's just so magnificent that, that Luke's gospel in the, the, the first four books of the New Testament, Luke's account of Jesus' life, he says this, that Jesus said that if we don't praise, that even the rocks are going to start crying out. In other words, God will be praised. It's just up to us whether we get on that train or not. It, it's going to happen because he's so magnificent that creation cannot help itself but bring glory to God. So it's up to us as, as his people, if you're a follower of Jesus tonight, it's up to us whether we jump on that train and say, hey, I ain't letting a stone cry out. When I think about what God has done for me, I'm not letting a pebble do my praising for me. He's been so, so good, and he's brought provision after provision and miracle after miracle. I am not going to let a pebble do my praising. It's not a preference. It's also not a personality type. It's not a personality type. Oh, it's easy for the extroverts, though. It's easy for the extroverts to praise because we can't shut them up. And the introverts, it's hard for them to praise. I get that. I do understand that. But can I read you a couple of scriptures? Psalm 150 says this, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Not let all the extroverts that find it really, really easy... Or all the introverts that find it really, really hard. Let's bring a sacrifice of praise, shall we? No, no, no. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. God says to the introvert through his word, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. 
And all the introverts go, <laughs> hold on, I ain't shouting. Someone might hear. But he says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. But he also says to the extrovert, be still and know that I am God. Praise is not a personality type because it's not about me and it's not about you. Praise is about the one that we are praising. It's the one that we bring our adoration to. Praise is not a preference. It's not a personality type. Praise is also not a performance. Again, one of the writers of Psalms, Psalm 34, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Who finds it easy to praise God when everything's going good? Can we be honest again? Who finds it really quite difficult when things are a bit punts? I will praise the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise is not, it's not a performance. It's not a performance because when we realize how good God is, no matter whether our situation is good or not, when we realize how good he is, we can't help but praise. When, when, we, when we're going through the valley and we think, man, this is absolutely rubbish. But Lord, if I just lift my head a little bit, if I call to mind what you've done, I can't help, even in this dark time, to lift my voice and give you all the praise that you deserve. I will bless the Lord at all times. I need to hurry up. We need to make praise a priority. We need to keep the main thing the main thing, and we need to make praise a priority. The third thing is this. We need to take it day by day. We need to take it day by day. Verse 5 says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. The, um, the Israelite nation, the, the, the men would be, three times a year, were required to make a pilgrimage to, to the holy city. As part of their devotion to God, they, they are... They are instructed, it's a, a command or whatever, however you want to term it. They are to attend the, the temple three times a year for three different feasts. And this pilgrimage was a sign of, of their devotion. They, they longed to be in the presence of God. And, and David, he says here, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. And we've got to understand that we are, we're on our own sort of pilgrimage. I, I talked earlier about this, is, this faith thing in Jesus, this following Jesus. It's not, a, it's not a one moment thing where we say a prayer at the end of a service or we do an alpha course. Or, this, is, this is a starting point of a journey of following him day by day. That's our pilgrimage. We haven't got to go to a temple three times a year anymore. But instead, it's every day we wake up and we say, Jesus, I'm following you again today. I'm choosing to follow you again today. And this pilgrimage, we have to understand, our pilgrimage isn't to get closer to God's presence because God now lives in us following Jesus. Our pilgrimage isn't to get closer to God's presence. It's, it's to get closer to his likeness. It's to reveal who he is more and more. That's our pilgrimage, to become more like Jesus. Verse 6 says this, 
This is such a beautiful image. It says this, As they pass through the valley of Bacar, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. You know, devotion and discipleship is not a one-moment thing, is it? The valley of Bacar, or the translations of the Bible, doesn't say the valley of Bacar. It says the, the, the place of weeping. That's what, they, that's what it's known as. The place of weeping, a place of difficulty. And as they were making their pilgrimage towards the, the temple, they would go through, the, the, they would pass through the valley of Bacar, the place of weeping, the place of difficulty. And what they would do as they went on their pilgrimage, they would dig holes in the valley as they were making their way to the temple. Now what would happen is that those holes that they dug last time would collect rainwater when the, um, it says there, they make it a place of springs. When the autumn rains come, the rain would fill those holes that they dug on their last pilgrimage and it would become refreshment for the next pilgrimage. You see, devotion and following Jesus is not a one-moment thing. We can feel like we're doing something and it's not having any, it's not having any impact on our life. This isn't, it doesn't feel like anything's changing. But let me encourage you, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're digging a hole. You're digging a hole so that next time you come round, that same hole that you dug that you thought wasn't achieving anything is now full of water that's going to be the refreshment that you need and the nourishment that you need, ready to get on your pilgrimage again. Not only your refreshment and not only your replenishment, but somebody else who may be on the journey for the first time, they can dip into your, the, 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 the hole that you have dug and they can say, hey, do you need, are you finding this a bit difficult? Are you finding this a little bit hard? Hey, there's some, re, there's some refreshment here because I did something last year that means that this year, I've got everything I need to keep making my way to the temple. Does this make sense, church? You see, we can be reading our Bible sometimes and be in a real dry season where we think, God, are you speaking to me? Well, let me encourage you. You're just digging a hole. When, when, in, when you're praying and you're thinking, God, I'm praying, it feels like my prayers are just hitting the ceiling. Let me encourage you. You are digging holes that next year you're going to come and you're going to say, oh man, I am so thankful that I didn't give up on my prayer life back then because now I've got the replenishment and the refreshment I need to keep on going in the direction that God has called me in. They, they went to the Valley of Weeping, but, but they did exactly what they needed to do. They would, they would dig holes so that refreshment would come. They would also trench the valley. They would also dig, dig a trench in the valley so that the people that were following them, this is such a beautiful image, the people that were following them had an easier walk to their pilgrimage. Aren't you thankful for people that went before you, that fought some battles that you think, man, how on earth did they get through that? But I am so thankful that they've now got that story because that story now gives me faith to keep plodding on day by day, day by day in my devotion, in my pilgrimage, in my following of Jesus. They would literally trench the valley to make it easier for those that were following them to walk and do their pilgrimage. How beautiful. They prepared in advance for the journey. They did things that would benefit them tomorrow. And I want to encourage you tonight, do something today that your tomorrow self will thank you for. Do something today 
dig that hole, dig that trench. No matter what the weather, no matter what the external circumstance, no matter what the internal thing that's going on in our heart, nothing is going to keep me from just day by day. Jesus, today is a new day, and I'm following you step by step, day by day. So keep the main thing the main thing. Make praise a priority. Take it day by day. And then the last thing, Ben, why don't you come up and you can help us finish. That would be brilliant if you could. The fourth thing that I want to encourage us with is to, is to make a strong start. If we're going to do this, let's make a strong start. But I don't know, for some of us, maybe you are feeling like, I've tried this faith thing and I'm just like, oh, I don't know whether it's happening. I don't know whether, I'm, I don't know whether I've done it right. I don't know whether I've prayed the prayer the right way around. I don't know whether I've prayed to the right person. I don't know, I don't know whether or not I'm, I don't know what's going on. Or maybe you're just stumbling and stuttering. Maybe you're someone of faith and your faith has actually gone stagnant and you just think, oh, man, strength, strength to strength. I am at the end. I have nothing left. Well, can I encourage you? The statement there in verse 7, it says, they will go from strength to strength. I want to encourage somebody of faith tonight. You already start strong. You are starting from a position of strength. You may not feel like it. You may not look like it. But I want to encourage you, you going from strength to strength. You're not starting from really, really bad and we're hoping for a little bit better. You're not, you're not starting at rubbish and you're heading to strength. No, no, no. You start when you have given your life to Jesus, when you have made him Lord and Savior, when you've said yes to him and each day you are choosing to follow him day by day, you are starting in a position and from a position of strength. I, I, I don't know, but I, sometimes I wake up in the morning and strong is anything but what I'm feeling like. I want to encourage someone tonight that it is not your strength that you start in. It's not, you don't need to feel strong and you don't need to be strong in order to start from a position of strength. And I want to read out a whole chunk of scriptures that hope will bless you and encourage you to know where your strength is comes from. Psalm 59 verse 16 says this, but I will sing of your strength. In the morning I will sing of your love, for you are my fortress and my refuge in times of trouble. Exodus 15 verse 2 says, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Psalm 29 11, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Psalm 73 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Psalm 18 says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, finally, be strong in the Lord 
and in his mighty power. And finally, Isaiah 40 says this, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Why don't we stand in this moment? Come on, spring shirts. Let's stand to our feet. I want to encourage somebody tonight. I am so thankful that if I'm going to do this faith thing, if I'm going to choose day by day to follow Jesus, I have not got to rely on my own strength, but I am resting on the strength of the one that never, ever, 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 ever runs out. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get weary. He doesn't run out of steam. He doesn't wake up in the middle of the night with cramp because he's been running yesterday. No, no, no. Our God is strong day after day after day. And we are so thankful, I am so thankful that his strength is all that I need. So I want to pray for us and I just want to give us an opportunity. The band are going to lead us in some worship and we're just going to have a chance to just allow God to do what he needs to do. So I want to pray. Maybe, maybe for someone Maybe for someone tonight, you have been trying to walk this faith thing. You've been trying to do this Christianity thing. And you've been relying on your own strength. Well, let me encourage you. Just have a breather. Let his strength be your strength. Maybe things have gone a bit stale and stagnant in your faith. Let the strength of God revive you again. Maybe someone, you've, you've given up on reading the Word of God, the Bible, you've given up on prayer, you just think, what is the point? Let me encourage you, keep digging those ditches. Keep digging those holes. Because there will come a point where you will be so thankful that you did. As the Word of God refreshes you and replenishes and restores. So come on right across this place. Maybe you just feel like something that I've said is just... It's just done something in your heart and you think, that's me. Then why don't we just, if, you, if you're comfortable to lift your hands or maybe you just want to lift your hands out in front of you, just in a receiving posture, I'm going to pray for us and then the team are going to lead us in some worship. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that your heart for us is to go from strength to strength. That you're not done with us. You're not finished with us. That Lord, we've never made it. But Lord, day by day, you're calling us from strength to strength, from glory to glory. And Lord, we want to commit ourselves again this evening to say each day, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Each day, I'm going to choose you. This isn't going to be a one-time thing, but I'm going to follow you each and every day. But Lord, we need your help. Holy Spirit, we need you to revive and strengthen us. And so Lord, my prayer for each of us tonight as we worship, as we sing some songs that talk about your goodness, God. My prayer is that we would just receive the strength of heaven, that we would put aside trying to do it ourselves, and we would allow you to do what only you can do in us and through us. In the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. 
If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless.